1: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Heredity Podcast. I'm Mike Pointer and as you can hear I'm on location this episode at the meeting of the Society of Molecular Biology and Evolution in Ferrara, Italy. As well as being a great conference on evolutionary genetics, it's also where the Heredity Board meeting is happening. I've been enjoying some great talks and I've just met Frank Heiler, who's Heredity's reviews editor we agreed to talk after the meeting about his role at the journal. So now we'll jump forward in time to that conversation. Hi, Frank, thanks for coming on the podcast. Would you start by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do?
2: Yeah, hello, my name is Frank Heiler. I'm a senior lecturer at Cardiff University in Wales in the UK. And um, my research background is I work using a combination of two different fields really Uh, I work in evolutionary genetics genomics uh, but also a lot of my work is more sort of on the conservation sphere where we study endangered animals so most of my work is on mammals and birds Uh, I've studied bears otters eagles and lots of other fun animals and usually the research we do has to do with them being endangered uh, but often being sort of the focus of conservation programs where we try to do research that actually makes a difference for them and um yeah when i don't do that i do quite a bit of teaching and then i am involved as is the reason for us to talk today in the journal heredity uh-huh.
1: that research sounds really cool so do you get to do any fun field work in connection with studying those big charismatic animals
2: well it's certainly fun you're definitely right about that Fieldwork, time wise it, it was certainly more in the past than it is nowadays um, but yes, there is field work. So there is field work in various places, anything from the glorious uh, wet hills of Wales, uh, when we study otters, uh, to slightly more uh, warm and also wet environments. So I uh, just got back from a trip to Borneo a few weeks ago, actually, which was amazing.
1: Oh, very nice.
2: And then we've been chasing seabirds around various places and and, and taking samples from them. Um, Some of my work is also sort of more traditional field ecology where we monitor nesting success and all that. But in all honesty, most of the time spent in the field is by uh, masters and PhD students nowadays.
1: Yeah, you've graduated, you're just paying for the trips. (laughs) I used to be a field ecologist, but I've slowly been working my way towards spending all of my time in the lab, which is great for the data, but not so good for the tan. Mm,
2: Agreed yeah I I spent a lot of time in the lab as well master's PhD student and postdoc and nowadays when I get to the lab they usually send me away.
1: (laughs) We have a field course from our department that goes to Peru every year and I've been dropping not very subtle hints that I like to go. So Martin if you're listening.
2: yeah, Teaching field courses is one of I think the most rewarding things that I teach uh, in, in, on, on my job. I feel like when you're in the field with students, you can really bring that enthusiasm to the field and to the questions we're studying. But also you can actually do a lot of project design, stats teaching in the field because it really means something to them. So it is really fun and then has the perk of hopefully being in a very nice place.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm not sure I really learned any statistics until I had my own data that I actually wanted to ask questions of.
2: Yeah, well, exactly. So that's on the field course that I teach, which is the one in Borneo. We, the students collect their own data and then have to analyze that and write up a little report about that. And that means that suddenly what is a mean and standard deviation begins to mean something for them because it tells them something about something that they're actually observing and want to find out something about. Um, so that, that's quite fun.
1: Uh-huh. Nice. So let's get down to business a bit here. Your role at Heredity, as I understand it, is as the reviews editor. How does that differ, do you think, from what other editors do who are more focused on research articles? Well, in,
2: I think in some ways it's relatively similar. You get a manuscript to handle and uh, try to find reviewers for it, and then we suggest a decision to the uh, senior editor team uh, of Heredity. So in principle, there's nothing fundamentally different. The difference lies in some of the details, and that does make the role quite different. Um in the sense that as reviews editor, you don't really have one specialist area that you typically handle. So my specialist area as reviews editor is anything that could be a review in heredity and heredity has a quite wide remit. And I actually don't think that all the authors who submit to heredity are always aware of that. We cover a very wide range of topics that have something to do with heredity. And that means it can range from livestock breeding, uh, plant breeding to, um, well, evolutionary genomics, uh, adaptation in humans, human population genetics, uh, RNA, methylation. So it's a lot of different topics. And uh, that's both the challenging but also the fun part, I think, of being reviews editor is that the breadth of papers we get sent uh, is, is very exciting. And uh, it does mean that I learn a lot on in, in this role about subjects that I wouldn't normally read about. uh, But then of course, we always rely on specialist reviewers to give specialist feedback on those. Another thing is that we more actively as reviews editor would solicit submissions. So for example, uh, Michael, you and I just met at a a meeting now in July. So at these kinds of meetings, I will usually walk around and try and talk to people who've given interesting presentations or who I know from, from their research and nudge them to submit a review. So it's a Uh, That's a role that I usually don't take as a normal uh, editor for a journal. Another thing that's different as a reviews editor is that we encourage people to send us pre-submission inquiries for reviews. Um, It's not required. They can just submit if they like. But it does say on our website that if they like, they can get in touch and get some sort of informal feedback about the suitability for the journal. So that's also something that I, as a normal editor before, hadn't really handled
1: Yeah. So you get an email saying, I'm thinking of writing a review on this. If I do that, will you publish it?
2: (laughs) Sort of. I mean, we can never promise that we obviously that we can publish it without it having undergone peer review. So that's always a caveat that we have to tell them. But it helps, I think, the authors get some informal feedback quickly. Does this in principle sound suitable for the journal? Because I mean, it's sort of all of us are publishing ourselves. So we know what what, what authors, <laughs> you know, what they dread. And one of those things is that you end up formatting something and rewriting something to fit a journal submitted. And then after three months, you hear that it wasn't a good fit for the journal. So it's these kinds of things that if somebody sends us a title, an abstract, or some thoughts on the direction of the review, does that sound potentially suitable, then we can say either, hopefully, yes, that sounds potentially suitable for heredity, just ensure you keep the following three things in mind as something that we can give them some sort of pointers, at least to something that we think is important for that to become suitable for heredity. Um, Or in some cases, we might say, you know, that sounds interesting, but we don't think, based on what you've sent us, that that will be suitable for our journals. So that can also happen. But then that's at least a much quicker decision process and saves the authors the reformatting time that it would usually
1: take. Sure. I think you must have have you been reviews editor for more than a few years?
2: I have, yeah. I believe I started in end of 2016 or something like that.
1: Yeah, okay. Because I spent my COVID lockdown writing a review on Tribolium Beatles as a model system. Yes, must I
2: remember it well, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was me. That was nice. So I think that came up with one of my PhD supervisors talking to Barbara, the former editor-in-chief, at the pop group meeting where she suggested that when that was done, we should think about sending it to Heredity. And that worked out very well in the end. That was my first paper.
2: Yeah, it's a very nice one, actually. Um, I, I remember that. And um, it, actually, that illustrates very well how we often try to to approach people. So uh, if, if anybody listening to this is at conferences, such as Pop Group, we'll always have representatives from Heredity there, so you can always chat with us if you like. Um, it, it, it might be your pathway to publishing a review. Or a standard paper really but we'll so that pop group um is one of the meetings where we'll always have some of the editorial team from heredity present
1: great you've got to love pop group have you worked as an editor at other journals before
2: i have um i started i believe in 2013 or 12 uh, working as an associate editor for Another society journal called Animal Conservation. There, my role is much more narrow. So, there it's usually focused on conservation genetics papers rather than reviews that get submitted. Um, so, I've had that role for quite a while already.
1: Okay, great. So, we spoke a bit about this at the board meeting. And whenever you mention heredity to anybody that has come into contact with it, they think that it's quite a unique journal. Has that been your experience? And how do you think Heredity is different from other publications?
2: Mm, good question. I mean, I, I think for me, I, I have sort of a long, I don't know, history is a strange word maybe, but sort of a, I've long known Heredity already as a master student. I remember reading really relevant papers that were publishing methods or actually a few reviews, some case studies in Heredity. So it was sort of a journal that I was familiar with very early on in my own academic career um and so it's just sort of been on the list of journals that you remember Ooh, that's often publishing things that are relevant to my field um what makes it special to me is i was um so the, the 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 mother organization of heredity is the genetic society uk and uh, i was on the committee of the genetic society for four years um as a representative for population and evolutionary genetics and uh at those meetings then that we would have with the committee, um, I just became aware of how tightly intertwined heredity is with a genetic society in terms of they are the sort of owners of the journal, essentially, and how a lot of them, the grants that the genetic society will give to, to early career scientists and others and meetings that are organized by the genetic society or co-sponsored by the genetic society... Those come from journal income, and so the Genetic Society has two journals, and Heredity is one of them. And uh, sort of as a member of, of that committee of the Genetic Society, then representing evolutionary and population genetics, we would then look at those applications for Heredity fieldwork grants. So those are grants where usually early career researchers will apply to do fieldwork to eventually do a genetics project for something that could be suitable for public publication and heredity as well. And so seeing all that excellent science being done and that opportunity for early career researchers to apply for this, it's relatively simple grants. Um, so it's a really nice way for students to get some extra funding to be able to do something that they otherwise couldn't do. Um, and, and and then sort of seeing that there's as always in journals a need for more people to, help on the editorial team that I really felt that's a very useful thing to do.
1: Yes, that's a great point. A lot of what is special about Heredity stems from the fact that it's a society journal. Do you have a favorite type of paper to handle?
2: <laughs> uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I suppose, yes, and I, I can think of two different types of papers that are my favorites. Um, there's the academically... Uh, most pleasing one. And then there's the one that is just sort of as an editor, the most pleasing one. So I'll start with the first one. Academically, um, like I said earlier, the, the the breadth of papers that we get submitted as review proposals to Heredity is, is quite astounding. And so as reviews editor, I've, I feel like I've learned a lot about subjects that I possibly wouldn't have read about as much otherwise in recent years. And so it's been a way to really, learn about sort of cutting edge science being done and uh, new questions coming out in different research fields. And so I've definitely handled a fair amount of papers where I just really enjoyed reading them and then um, sort of seeing them develop, depending on the paper, from the original submission through peer review to the final version. But that's really rewarding when you feel like that really comes through and just is an important science to come out. But then there are others. I mean, I I suppose every journal gets sort of a mix of different submissions, but then there's the more human side of this, that sometimes you get submissions where you immediately from the start feel like, that's excellent. This is so good. It's really well written. It's really well thought through. Um, And then, um, I mean, many journals, definitely not only heredity nowadays, struggle finding reviewers um it's it's become especially since the pandemic increasingly difficult to find people to agree to do reviews peer reviews uh and and then to send them back on time and we've certainly struggled with that at heredity as well so anyone who's reading this if you're publishing just a reminder please review for journals as well do peer review um and 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 so something that's very rewarding is just when you feel like it's a good manuscript to begin with you find good reviewers that have useful feedback and then it goes through and you see it published it's just really nice to see that happen because in the end i think whether it's reviews or more generally just papers in heredity i mean you know good publications are important i think that's why many of us are doing the role as editors because just in case anybody listening is wondering it's not like we get paid um There is no sort of salary that comes from this. We have the benefit of uh, having occasional meetings that we then coordinate with scientific meetings uh, that we can then attend through the journal. But otherwise, the time we put in is our own time that we then have to sort of shave away from other tasks that we have. And so um, I I think everybody who's doing it is doing it because they think that peer review, good peer review is important and that you want to make it easy for authors to go through that and get constructive feedback. And so I think when these things happen and go well, that's always very rewarding, I find.
1: Yeah. Review is so important. A couple of episodes ago, I spoke to Robin Waples.
2: Oh, right. Okay.
1: One of the main themes of that conversation was how the paper changed for the better through discussions that he had with the reviewers.
2: Yeah. Nice.
1: So my last question was about what you find exciting about your work with Heredity.
2: So one thing that I find exciting about the kind of research we publish in heredity is that, and I mean, we used to call it next generation sequencing and uh, now we're at next, next. So are we somewhere between third and fourth? Um, So um, the, the name has evolved as everything else, but the point is that our toolkit, both on the generating data, but then also on the inference side, on the data analysis side has just, underwent such a dramatic revolution in the last, you know, decade or a bit more. And um, it allows questions that people, you know, like the people that trained me and like myself that we've been interested in for a long time to address them again, but just with data sets that we couldn't even dream of in the past. And, and it, it is something that if, if you look at some of the reviews that, that have been published in Heredity, I mean, often that is one of the, starting points that really we can ask questions and we have data sets that just didn't exist Um, we can ask questions we couldn't really ask properly uh, or at least not expect to address them in such depth and then we have data sets that you know are of a size where what nowadays is a small data set could have been a whole series of PhDs at the time I mean I remember in my PhD that thought of you genotype some microsatellites and you sequence some loci. And from those little specks of island, you extrapolate what the ocean might look like. So you speculate, what is that big genome? And uh, it just wasn't realistic to think that you would just sort of, for the scope of a master's project, you sequence a few whole genomes. And that's what we do nowadays. And I I think that really leads to so many fascinating findings. uh, and, And, you know, some of those, make it into Heredity. And that that's, I think, very exciting.
1: Absolutely. I agree. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me. And despite telling me earlier that you were a podcast amateur, you needn't have worried at all, Frank. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. That was Frank Heiler, Heredity Reviews Editor. And hopefully that conversation was as fun to listen to as it was to record. If you've got an idea for a review, Heredity would love to hear about it. Contact details and information on how to submit all kinds of papers to the journal can be found at nature.com forward slash h-d-y. Heredity is the official journal of the Genetic Society. You can subscribe to the Heredity podcast wherever you get your podcasts and you can follow us on Twitter at Heredity Journal. I'm Mike Pointer. Thanks very much for listening.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well